why you need to ditch your daily routine. This is the Wild Wellness Podcast, and if it's your first time tuning in, I'm Jenny, a fitness coach teaching movement that's part cyclical, seasonal, sweaty, and soulful. I'm also a student of nature. I work with essential oils, teaching others how to use these plant allies for physical and emotional well-being. Wild is not only about our connection to nature, but it also stands for women into living their dreams because I believe we can live this one wild life without sacrificing our well-being. So thanks for being here. Now here's the Wild Wellness Podcast. Why on earth would we need to ditch our daily routines? I'm sure you've probably guessed that there's a little bit of a hidden message here, and I'm not against daily routines, but I do obviously want to share with you where I think this can become an issue. And so first I want to start by saying that daily routines can really provide structure in our lives, right? They help us to have intentions And when we have intentions and then we build upon those intentions with action and that action is consistent, then really what I'm talking about there is a daily routine, right? Something that you're doing consistently, you're doing it every day. And maybe in your brain, consistency doesn't equate to every day, but I think for a lot of us, it does. And that's actually something that I want to go into. But basically, that routine can be helpful because it does help us to work towards something in a progressive way. We need to show up for something more than once to probably see results from it or to see the impact from it. Now, that's not to say that one meditation session or one workout or one inhale of peppermint essential oil can't shift your state or offer you a change. But if you want to create a long-term effect with something, typically you want to build upon those habits and build upon the things that you do. However, it doesn't mean that it has to look the same way or feel the same way every single day. So I'll start with that. And the second thing that I want to start this off with is that we have this 24-hour cycle that we often sort of compartmentalize our efforts, our intentions, our goals, our our day into. I mean, a day, literally, we would think about it as a 24-hour cycle, right? And I think that this cycle is actually quite revered in our masculine and linear-oriented culture. And that may be because men's bodies actually work on a 24-hour hormonal cycle, Now, the interesting thing is, and I'm sure you already know this, but women don't operate on a 24-hour hormonal cycle. We have a different rhythm, and so our rhythm is more like a 29-ish day cycle. So we have different rhythms. We have the circadian rhythms of the day. We have that rhythm of sunrise to sunset, light to dark, that's a circadian rhythm, but there's other kinds of rhythms. So our menstrual cycle, for example, is an infradian rhythm. And like I said, that happens about every 29 days. The moon phases or the moon cycle um, goes through those different phases about at that length too, about every 29 and a half days. So what's interesting to me is that this daily routine mindset that we're in 
may be attributed a little bit to the fact that we do live in a very linear and masculine energy dominated culture. Uh, we've been brought up in that kind of thinking. So we think of things in that way from day to day. Now, I think there's a lot of other reasons that we do as well. It's also linked to what I just said about circadian rhythms. You wake up, you go about your day, you go to sleep, and that sleep is like a reset point, a, a sort of a buffer or a an in-between. Um, there's really no beginning or end, but kind of we think of it as an end, but then the next day begins. And so I think of it like a period of time in between the days. And so that's where it feels like, okay, we have this breaking point in between these days. So what is really interesting about this in terms of the daily routines that we have and how these can be supportive and not so supportive is that when we operate on that 24-hour cycle that I just mentioned versus looking at it in terms of a monthly cycle, if we are in a female body that operates on that cycle, then it can make a big difference for us because looking at it for the week often doesn't allow us a lot of room to be consistent with certain things if we're not feeling the same that week as we were last week or as we will the next week after that. So I'll try to say this another way. From week to week, our energy changes, right? Our, from day to day, our energy changes. We have fluctuations. And this is the same for men and women. I'm not saying we all that men feel the same all the time. But particularly for women, we have these distinct phases throughout the cycle. We have the menstrual phase, follicular ovulation, and then the luteal phase. So we kind of have really two halves of the cycle as well. We have the follicular and the luteal phase, even if you just compartmentalized it into those two. And these are much like the seasons, actually. You've probably heard me talk about this in terms of the seasons. We have these inner seasons in our body. So menstrual phase being winter, and then inner spring, inner summer, ovulation, inner autumn is the luteal phase. So we feel these different energies, just like there's a distinct difference between winter and summer in the outer seasons of nature. We have this distinct difference when we feel those changes and shifts within our body. So the important thing to think about here is that if you notice those energy fluctuations within yourself, you may want to be consistent with a certain habit, but what if that week that you're wanting to be consistent with that habit, you feel different than you did last week and you're finding it difficult to keep up with it because of that? So I'll give some specific examples here um, in terms of movement, for example. So we often think of movement, of exercise, workouts, whatever you want to call it, that it has to be for a certain amount of time to get an impact from it, right? Oftentimes the recommendations we see might be like 30 to 60 minutes once you want it to be at a certain intensity. And you may think of certain exercises as being worthy of being called exercise and other ones maybe not so much. I know a lot of women that I work with don't necessarily consider walking to be exercise. It's like, yeah, that's movement, but it doesn't really count for a workout. And maybe even yoga is thought of like that. It's one of those things where they'll think of, yeah, like it's one of the side things that I do. It's stretching, it's like cross training, but it's not really the main thing. I often hear this with runners because if you're not running, if you didn't do the run, whatever else you did was just like extra, but the run was the main workout. So if you have 
sort of a primary thing that you do, you might feel this way as well. So we have these ideas about what movement needs to look like. And so if we take a weekly approach to this and we do, say, 30 miles of running a week or we have a goal of doing three yoga classes a week or we are strength training four days a week, whatever it might be, that's often how we set our goals, right? We often think of it in terms of the week. But because we are different week to week, it may be that in your spring follicular phase, you are really suited to higher intensity strength training type movements. And yet later on in the month, a couple weeks later in the luteal phase, you are finding it difficult to recover from those high intensity workouts and you're feeling tired and you're not feeling motivated. And this is, of course, something that I talk about in my courses because I'm all about helping us to sweat and sync with our cycle and there are changes that we can make in being able to do that. But the fact is there's going to be differences there. So if you have the goal of doing four strength training workouts in that follicular spring phase, and you also have that same goal of doing that because it's your daily routine of doing it in the luteal or the inner autumn phase, then you can see what I'm getting at here, right? You can see where we have a little bit of a challenge. So why we need to ditch the daily routine is because of things like this, and I'm going to go on with some other examples here, but I'll give you a possible solution or a possible, um, just a different possibility with what this might look like, because now you're probably wondering, okay, well then what do you think? <laughs> what should we do? And of course there's no should here. There's no, what I think you should do. This is individual to everyone. Take what resonates with you and what makes sense for you and just leave the rest. And if this doesn't make sense for you at all, then that's fine too. But one thing that we could consider is taking a monthly approach to the workout goals that we have. So instead of saying, I'm going to do four strength training workouts this week, and I'm going to do that every week because I'm consistent, or I'm going to do this particular yoga class every day, with the exception of maybe taking a day or two off, instead, I'm going to think about getting in 10 sessions this month or however many miles per month you might want to translate that to. Because knowing then with a running example, the same thing is going to occur. You are going to have weeks where you feel like doing that long run and you're very suited for it. Your body is ready for the hill sprints and the long runs and all those things. And then there's going to be the weeks where you, or maybe not weeks, but there's going to be the days or maybe even almost a week where you're feeling like you're winding down, you can't tolerate that high intensity as much and recover as quickly. Maybe you need more rest. There's different things going on. And instead of beating yourself up and feeling horrible for it or feeling guilty for wanting to take a rest day, you have this monthly plan that you know you are headed towards the goal in the way that you need to get certain volume in and certain workouts in in order to achieve it, but yet you're doing it on a monthly basis instead of that weekly basis. And I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. Oftentimes these plans that we're following, whether it be a running plan or a strength training plan or whatever, they were often designed more for a man's body. They're often designed by men, quite frankly, or women that don't understand this either. And I, as a personal trainer years ago, didn't know this for 
quite a while. And so I would design plans in the same way. So for anyone who is handing you this plan, they don't know any different potentially. So this is something that I think all trainers and coaches need to understand as well and how the female body works differently and how that you might be able to adjust a training plan because of that. But in the meantime, you're absorbing this knowledge. You're learning about what this looks like. So you can take this and also uh, be able to adapt your own plans that way, I hope. And again, if you need more help with this, this is what I love to teach in Wild Femme Fit and even the Workout Without Burnout Blueprint. So let's talk about other daily routines that we have and how we might change these through the seasons. I'm going to be giving some personal examples of just how this looks for me in terms of my work habits and maybe even food uh, and sleep because, well, I'm giving my own examples because that's what I'm most familiar with and that's what I'll speak to. But there's just a lot of different ways that we can approach this in terms of the different routines and rituals that we have every single day. So in terms of your work habits, especially if you are someone who has your own business, you're an entrepreneur, or you're able to be flexible with your schedule or Put this way, maybe you are the one who creates your schedule. <laughs> You're the one that decides, here's what I'm doing and here's when I'm doing it. So this is going to be particularly useful there. Otherwise, if you don't have that sort of work, I think this could still apply because you'll be able to see where maybe you're going to be more suited for certain things and maybe you'll just have a better understanding of why you might feel a certain way at certain times and how you can counteract or compensate for that or at least support yourself better in the work that you're doing. So I think it applies either way. So I will talk about this in terms of the phases in our cycle, in our feminine cycle that we have, those four phases I talked about that correspond with the seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter. And I'm actually going to talk about them in terms of the two that are more yang and the two that are more yin. So in my mind anyway, the inner spring, the inner summer are more yang energy, autumn and winter are more yin. So that's the premenstrual and menstrual phase versus the spring and summer, the follicular and ovulation. So spring and summer energy is very outward. There is a creative energy to it. This is a time when I focus on writing content because that's very creative I focus on recording things, so whether that's a podcast that I'm being interviewed on or recording for my own podcast, oftentimes this is the best time to do it because I'm not stumbling over my words as much, hopefully, and I get thoughts out clearly. It's not a time that I have this sense of wanting to be alone as much, so I'm more in connection with other people, I'm open to sharing, I'm open to being communicative. Versus the autumn and winter, it's more inward. And that luteal and menstrual phase are a time to reflect and reassess. It's a good time for me to do things that are more solo, so not necessarily recording with someone else, but I will sometimes record some solo podcasts during that time. Receiving inspiration. This is just a great time for me to do that. I have had to practice giving myself permission to go for long hikes or get in my kayak or hop on the bike and just be able to 
really let ideas come to me because I know from past experience that my best ideas have come when I'm out in this way. And inspiration doesn't really happen when I'm staring at a screen. I don't know if it ever has, honestly. But I have to give myself permission. I say that like that because it just is this belief that I have or this thought that goes through my head about the fact that it's too much fun. It's not work. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. So I am doing better and better with that in practicing being able to work in that way and also have fun and enjoy it at the same time. Like work doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be grueling. It doesn't have to be at a computer, all those things. And oftentimes it's just so great for me to have either my phone with me for the notes app and my other uh, tools that I use to help organize my thoughts and get things out that way. It just, it's a great time to absorb all that. So that's kind of how it looks for me with work habits. And now I will talk about food a little bit because this is interesting with our daily routines. I know so many of us, including myself, get into these patterns of eating the same thing every day. But one of the main reasons for needing to switch up what we eat is for a healthier microbiome, a healthier gut. The more diversity we have, the more variety of foods that we eat, the healthier our microbiome is. It's amazing and it makes so much sense. When I learned about this, it was like, of course, like, of course you want a variety of different foods and a variety of different things because that's going to help with a healthier gut microbiome. So that's one main reason just to switch it up. If you didn't need, if you don't really need any other uh, reasons, I don't think we do, but there's other reasons too. The other would be your body's hormonal needs. And I did a previous podcast on this, actually a set of guest contributors (laughs) shared on the podcast. It was on eating for hormone health. So if you want to check back on that episode, uh, it was number 104, 104, episode 104 on eating for your hormone health. And that episode is going to give you the best input there, but definitely that can help us with our hormonal health and also just in our well-being in general to eat based on our hormonal needs as that changes. For example, your metabolism increases in the luteal phase. So if you notice differences in what you crave and the amount of food that you want in the second half versus the first half of the cycle, that's why it's completely okay and it's completely normal. I've noticed for myself that I go through seasons with different things that I'm drawn to eating and it really is based on the season. For breakfast, for example, I sometimes have a smoothie, other times I'll have oatmeal, other times I'll be into like avocado toast, maybe with uh, egg on the top. And there's just a variety of things. That's not the only things that I eat. But what I notice is that when it's colder in the fall and winter months, I want more warming things. And then in the summer is when I can totally handle a smoothie. It's still not like cold, cold, because that really kills our digestive fire when we drink or eat cold, cold things. But even just like warm temperature or even a little on the cool side, especially if I'm having it right after a morning run that likely made me a bit sweaty. So warmer things when it's colder and tolerating colder things when it's hot. That's something that I notice and how I shift. But again, 
if we just are sticking with that daily routine or we see, oh, this is the healthy thing to eat for breakfast or this made me feel good, so I'm going to keep eating it, and we don't change or pay attention to how that might need to shift with either our monthly cycle or with the seasons, then we can really, really get stuck. So again, listen to that episode on eating for hormone health so you can think about how to change that throughout the month and then also just think about it seasonally with some of the things I shared. So sleep is something I wanted to talk about because I think we need to be flexible with ourselves here. Just in terms of that luteal phase and the cycle, I noticed that I need more sleep, and this is common with other women too. And you might also want to pay attention to how you're affected by the moon phases because I know that I have more trouble winding down a lot of times around the full moon. And so you may want to provide yourself a little more time to wind down if you want to avoid insomnia or use particular essential oils that are going to help you or doing something that can really help to counteract that. And I know that about myself because I've tracked it through the journal that I teach others how to use in my courses as well. But tracking these things along with a few other uh, parts of your life can be really helpful just to notice patterns. So that's just one example. And another thing is always getting up at the same time, which maybe is something that's set for you because of a work schedule or a child schedule or school or whatever it might be. But think about how your body is adjusting in the seasons to more daylight, to less daylight, to it getting light out at 6 a.m. versus 7 a.m. and all those things. And you may want to think about that in terms of your sleep routine, your nighttime routine with screens and lights and TV or whatever you might be doing on your phone and just considering the fact that it, as things are changing and you might need more or less sleep depending on the season, that you may want to adjust a little bit about when you go to bed if you can't move the other time. Like if the time you get up is set and that's not flexible, then maybe you want to shift around the time that you're going to bed to make sure you're getting enough sleep and resting. So the last thing I'll share about my personal uh, lifestyle and things that I look at and that change with the seasons or change throughout the month is essential oils. So if you're someone who uses essential oils, do you get in a rut of using the same ones all the time? <laughs> or do you find that you're grabbing for different ones throughout the month or throughout the seasons? I know sometimes I'll get in a rhythm with a couple oils and really work with those for even a month. But then I'll notice that that shifts and I'll work with a couple other oils or I'll be drawn to something else. So one thing that changes with the seasons is my skincare, but I also will shift my diffuser choices because sometimes I'll be diffusing for more respiratory support or immune support qualities. Other times I might be diffusing for more like cleansing properties like in the spring. And also my topical choices are different because I don't want to do a bunch of warming essential oils that add to the heat of summer. And I also don't want to do a bunch of cooling essential oils in the winter that add to that coolness in my body. So you got to think about what you're using there and look for just even the warming and cooling categories. And what I've been really into lately is actually studying the acupoints, uh, basically the meridians and those organs that are lined up. And looking at that based on the season and with five element theory and traditional Chinese medicine, how those organs, meridians line up with the seasons and which ones can be beneficial that way. So there's a lot of 
ways that we can anchor to not only those seasonal rhythms, but like I said, the monthly rhythms that we have as well and how we change throughout the cycle, depending on are we in the luteal phase? Are we needing to help support the things that we might deal with in the premenstrual? Are we wanting to support our flow during menstruation? Um, are we wanting to help with ovulation? Like what, what part of the cycle? There's different essential oils that might line up that way. So I'll end with this. One of the questions, or not, it's not just one question, but a set of questions that I ask myself each week, typically on Sundays when I love to do it as I plan the week ahead, is questions, or are questions, I should say, that are going to help me to think about where I'm at and what's going to be best for me. So like I broke down in the beginning, we need to ditch the daily routine concept because we are going to be different from day to day, potentially from week to week, potentially even feeling different in the first half of the week and the second half of the week. So that's why I ask myself, what phase am I in heading into this week? And sometimes it's, I'm actually just ending the menstrual phase and I'm heading into the spring phase by the end of the week. Uh, I know I'm using those interchangeably there, but menstrual and follicular, winter, spring, it could be like a little bit of both. And then I'll also ask, what's my energy going to be like? What's going on in my life, my business, what's going on cosmically even that may affect my week? What are the main projects that need my attention and what's the best use of my time around those projects? And then also, and I believe I got these three words from Kate Northrup and her resources with her Do Less book. Um, so I just wanted to mention that because I think at least these last three things came from her resources, which are so good. Uh, the do less concept is very aligned with this cyclical approach to things. So the other question is, what can I automate, delegate, or eliminate? And I love that. It's so helpful. So what phase am I in? What's my energy like? What's going on in my life, my business, or work cosmically that'll affect my week? What are the projects that need my attention? What's the best use of my time? What can I automate, delegate, or eliminate? And that is what I wanted to leave you with because I think it's a very helpful anchor, even if you would want to add there different health routines that you have. You know, so you're basing what phase am I in? What's my energy like? I guess to take this a step further, if you're planning out your workouts for the week, you know what kind of phase you're in and what your energy might be like and you kind of know what to expect so that you don't impose expectations or ideas on yourself that then you don't end up following through with and feeling guilty for. You actually are being intentional about it and planning it. And the same with other things you might be choosing, you know, like knowing that you're going into your period later in the week and you may want to make sure you have snacks and not let your blood sugar get wonky and you know that you're going to have cravings. So maybe you're going to find a really yummy, delicious, uh, healthy, guilt-free chocolate recipe that you'll feel good about having this week because you know that's probably going to come up for you. It's just knowing these things about ourselves allows us to be so much more intentional. And instead of just doing the same thing from day to day and thinking that that's the way to do it, I hope this inspired you in a new way. So in this season that you're in, how could you change your daily routine to support your body a little better? 
whether that's thinking about it from the season, or even if you want to jot down those questions that I said, I ask myself every week, how could you change your daily routine that you've been in to support your body a little better? I hope something here inspired you. I would love to hear what it was. If there was something that stood out to you, you can send me a message um, and tag me on Instagram at Jenny Holbert. And I would also love it if you would leave it as a review on the podcast. That way I can see it and it will inspire others with what they might get out of the podcast through listening. Thank you as always for being here, for sharing this episode with someone if you think it might inspire them. And P.S. before you go, if you were intrigued when I was talking about essential oils in this episode, I have my seasonal apothecary class available now. So you want to go check that out at jennyholbert.com forward slash essentials. That's going to be a way for you to learn specifically about the essential oils that can support you in this season and it is a free mini course with some extra bonuses that you'll find when you land there so the link is here in the show notes or like I said you can go directly to jennyholbert.com forward slash essentials if you're interested in that and I'll also include the other resources and things that I mentioned today in the episode uh, in the show notes and you can find those here where you're listening Thanks so much again for being here, for listening, for showing up. And until we chat again, go live your one wild life.